everyone and welcome to No Real Knowledge. While I was not there for the recording this week, I can still tell you that this is a good one. Polina and Amy and in parts even Tirza talk about Miami and mostly all the off-track stuff for this week. So if you want to have a good laugh with them, you should definitely listen to this one. So just go ahead and enjoy the episode. knowledge this week we are recapping the miami gp the inaugural miami gp and today is just gonna be me and amy lena Hi. is <laughs> busy with uni and tirza is also busy with other stuff so it's just gonna be the two of us chatting we're gonna have a nice maybe chill conversation Very i don't chill. know we'll see, this goes. <laughs> we'll see where this goes but we have a lot to cover and honestly a lot of it's off track sort of things that went on i'll be honest the on track stuff wasn't nearly as interesting i think it got too hyped up honestly i fully agree let's actually talk about that real quick about the hype and the americanization of this sport because even myself as an as an american as someone with a with a little american passport (laughs) i did not enjoy this (laughs) i think the like cop cars, the, the yeah. motorcycles or whatever they were. Oh my god! Don't really epitomized it for me. It was just yeah. like cringy. It was cringy. I think it was tacky in a way that's Dallas. I mean, in the way Austin has never been tacky. I agree. I you feel know? like there was too much. Like the water was already a step too far. The fake water. Yeah, the fake um, marina. What was that about? Martin's grid walk. <laughs> Oh, Lord, we'll get to that. Just to clarify, the last time F1 was in Miami, they weren't, like, right in Miami, they were in Sebring, which is nearby. It was in 1959. So long time ago. This is, this is 60 years ago. Well, they've had a lot of time to prepare. (laughs) And they did prepare, but... They did prepare, but at the same time, first of all, the track was falling apart for half the weekend. They had to repave it several times. Also, wasn't there like a chicane or something that everyone hated and they refused to get rid of it? (laughs) There's a chicane right before the last two corners that like slowed everyone down. There was, um, it's the one with the massive Red Bull wall if anyone's watching this weekend. Um, and Max nearly crashed into the Red Bull wall, which would have been some absolute cinematic poetry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, but I guess let's get started with the on-track stuff real quick. Um, the practice sessions, I actually watched all three this weekend. Oh, wow. The, the big stuff was that there were some pretty big upgrades from Mark and McLaren. I don't know how representative their performance was this weekend with the upgrades. Yeah, I think they need to get rid of those upgrades. <laughs> they made yeah, it I don't worse. Know. It's it's suspension upgrades mainly. Um, yeah, and then Merck have a new rear and front wing, which they included like an onboard shot of the Mercedes front wing, where you know that they have a camera that like sits on oh, the wing. Yeah, yeah, and you can see like the panels of the wing like moving separately from each other depending on the arrow is that not correct it's right it's just oh it's i've right. never noticed it on another car i've never noticed it on another car like the the outer oh, panel okay. 
like moves independently of the inner one, depending on how much downforce it's creating. And this isn't like a specifically mechanical thing. It's just the pressure of the air is moving it like that. Oh, well, they're definitely not the fastest car on track. So no. <laughs> maybe you should get rid of something, it. Something changed drastically between Friday and Saturday, though. Yeah, because they... I thought we were cooking. And then I go to quali and it's, we're not cooking anymore. Yeah, George was, George was P1 in FP2 on Friday. So something yeah. changed overnight. I Toto actually mentioned it. He was like, oh yeah, we tried like some experiment for Saturday and just didn't work out. And then we couldn't get back to the condition that the car was in on Friday. It was really, I don't know, like disappointing because I feel like we thought Miami would be the first major upgrade. Yeah. And it kind of felt like they're still fifth and sixth. But it wasn't anything like Imola, at least. At, at least. At, at, at least. <laughs> like that's We're grasping at straws at this point, but honestly. We are. We have to, though, for our mental health. Yeah. But on that note, uh, more than half the grid had new helmets this weekend, which was nice to see. Landos. It was like the first big weekend. <laughs> I, the urge I had... The urge I had to go bonk whenever I saw that helmet was off the charts. I mean, I know it's terrible that he crashed, but I think it was Ted or someone was talking about his helmet when he was like walking away from the car that after mm-hmm. the crash and just being like, as a very loud helmet for that after that yeah. incident. But um, yeah. it wasn't my favorite one. My favorite new helmet was... Which other ones were there? I like Daniels. I like Daniels. Daniels was good because it was Ace Pet Ventura inspired. Like he had a missing dark. dolphin on the back. It was very My cute. Um, but okay. in total, the ones I caught, the ones I caught, there might be more missing. Daniel, Yuki, Alex, Lando, Guan Yu, Max, Pierre, Seb, Valtteri, Checo, Alonso, and Mick all had new helmets. This is 12 out of 20 drivers. Okay. I think more, but those are the ones that I caught. I really, I think it was super clever that Valtteri had three different helmets. I didn't notice that. You he see. had three different helmets. Bad. One for Friday, one for Saturday, <laughs> one for Sunday. But which was your favorite? I think the Saturday one. It was like a retro-inspired one. Um, Tiffany, his partner, designed all of them. Queen. Love her. Queen. She's Love her. She's great. Amazing. But, um, yeah... Some more stuff that happened on Friday prior to FP1. Um, we got another iteration of the jewelry fiasco. The jewelry gate. I don't even know what to call it. So, yeah, for anyone that doesn't know, during the press conference on Friday, Lewis Hamilton showed up wearing three watches, eight rings, four necklaces, and... I think also all of his piercings. It was, it was incredible. But what I actually did, if anyone knows, there's an Instagram account that like posts Lewis's outfits and where they're from and like who designed them and stuff like that. And they posted like a master list of all the jewelry that he was wearing. And I counted it up. This took me maybe five minutes. This wasn't like an absurd amount of time. I counted it all up because they listed the prices. Mans was wearing easily over 140 grand worth of jewelry this is not including the outfit this is just like rings necklaces the watches 
That is a lot of money. That's at least two weeks of groceries. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's, that's more than my college tuition. <laughs> no, it's literally just like one watch. Just one. Mm. <laughs> but I feel like when he was interviewed after the race, he looked like naked. Like he had no jewelry yeah. in. And it was weird. Like no no stud earrings, you know. But Yeah, it's strange seeing him without it. But I mean, I understand partially where the FIA is coming from, but at the same time, there is something that needs to be addressed, and we'll get to this while talking about FP two and FP three. The the FIA has this really weird double standard going on with safety. Um, on top of that, we had Seb walking around with boxers on top of his race suit before <laughs> FP1. <laughs> so clearly, clearly, Sebastian and Lewis were on a phone call over this past week and we're like, how do we troll the FIA? <laughs> no, because I was at work and I tuned in and as I tuned in, it was on Seb in that outfit. I was thinking, <laughs> what am I kind of got myself into i was thinking f1's a serious sport and i come in no it's that. not not anymore so as for actual fp1 and all the fp sessions um the only really interesting stuff was there were a few spins during fp1 um valtteri ended up and ended up in the wall and wasn't able to participate for the rest of the day and that was it for fp1 fp2 Red Bull had hydraulic issues, and Max got maybe one lap in. Um, Carlos yeah. crashed, and then that was essentially it for FP2. And then in FP3, Max had a new gearbox by Saturday morning. Esteban crashed into the same place that Carlos did. And that's where my double standards about safety come into play, because... After Carlos's crash, he crashed in a place where it's essentially just a concrete wall. There's no tech pro there. There's no barriers. It's just wall. Mm-hmm. And he crashed, had neck pain the next morning. And when Esteban also said, when Esteban also crashed, Esti's crash was 51 Gs. For reference, that's as impactful as Max's Silverstone crash last year. But Max went into a tech pro barrier. Esteban didn't. I don't really understand what their reasoning was they just didn't want to change the track or so the reason they didn't put tech pro there after carlos requested it and after esteban requested it is because it would make the track too narrow according to the race director but there's oh. space behind that wall i understand it would take dismantling a concrete wall and rebuilding it and that takes time but you have a driver who's already complaining about neck pain and another driver who just experienced 51 g's and had to go to the med center to get checked out and those were crashes without anyone else involved and yet they want to focus on the jewelry no yeah and i was also thinking about the whole missile thing and Mm. like you know it's very inconsistent with everything and also wedding rings are allowed Mm -hmm. and wedding rings are allowed so seb is allowed to wear his ring yeah so i think it just feels a little bit targeted even if it isn't targeted but I'm more frustrated with double standards rather than anything, to be yeah, honest. So. I, th- I think they have to listen to the drivers. That's the whole point of getting feedback from practice as well, is to like improve the track. Yeah, and they're just not listening. So, I was hearing rumours that they might be liquid 
liquidizing is that the word liquidating Liquidating? yeah Yeah. um the fia but i think these are just like really big rumors oh this um for anyone that's on tumblr there was a little thing an article floating around of like the fia and f1 essentially entering into i don't know some weird conversation (laughs) slash arguments where the f1 essentially were like oh we don't we don't need the FIA. We, you guys are useless here. Goodbye. I mean, imagine if someone like Lewis and like another driver who had a lot of money, probably all of them, like came together and just bought the FIA. <laughs> That'd be amazing. But there's no way they're going to go. They are yeah. the sport. But um, I just saw it on Tumblr, I think, or Twitter. And I was like, yeah, I I don't quite know where the article came from though, so we have no I way think to verify it. Was a rumor. It. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just a rumor. It's probably one of those like autosport rumor articles that floats around every once in a while. Okay, on to qualifying. Uh, first of all, Michelle Obama was there on Saturday, Queen, Queen with Mercedes, and there was actually like shots of her talking to the engineers, and they were like describing how the new wing works to her. It was really interesting. Ted walked around and was like. Oh, the guy in the pink shirt? That's Secret Service. <laughs> Ted was having a great time. Um, and then as for qualifying, uh, Esteban's chassis actually cracked during his crash in FP3. So he didn't participate in qualifying. So he was automatically 20th because he didn't set any times. Out in Q1, we had in descending order P16, Kevin, 17, Guan Yu, 18, Alex, 19, Latifi, and then, of course, Ocon. In Q2, Danny had some downshifting issues, which is why he was within the garage for most of the session, but then came out and then didn't... I think he got impeded or something, or there was another issue that came up while he was trying to set his lap. Then out in Q2, we had Alonzo, George, Seb, Danny, and Mick. Which I was surprised with Mick because the entire weekend before that, he'd been setting, like, easy within top 10 times. I don't really know what happened. I just think the tires weren't in the right window or something. Yeah. But um, also Daniel. Just everyone was sad. It was was just bad. (laughs) It started badly. And then in Q3, we have the first Ferrari front row lockout since Mexico 2019, which isn't that long ago. Um, Then we've got... So... Row one is the Ferraris, Charles and Carlos. Row two is the Red Bulls, Max, then Checo. Then in fifth, we had Bottas, then Lewis, which those two are now inseparable. Yeah, they're a pair. They're a pair. They they started together and they finished the race together as well. They did the whole race together, pretty much. They did the whole race together. Besties. Um, (laughs) Merc boys, completely inseparable. Um... After Lewis, we had Pierre in his best qualifying of this year so far, then Lando, then Yuki, then Lance, and then everyone else that I just mentioned. And then, on to Sunday. Um, Just for reference, no one had done any long runs prior to the race because of the red flags that kept happening throughout the practice sessions. So a lot of teams were going into this very unprepared, but the projection was that it's going to be like a two-stop race. Um, prior to the race, I started keeping a list of, um, how many celebrities were there? Wow. That is And this isn't, this isn't even all of them. We've got Beckham, 
the Williams sisters, Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, Pharrell, Will I Am, Michael Douglas, Catherine Hahn, which she's Agatha from uh, WandaVision. If anyone doesn't recognize the name, love her. Uh, Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively. James Corden was there on Saturday. I think he was there on Sunday as well. Paris Hilton, Ian James Polder, <laughs> DJ Khaled, Sean Mendes, Luis Fonzi, Calvin Harris. And there are a bunch of other DJs there as well, like Kygo and a bunch of other people. And Post Malone, of course, was performing. And Martin Brundle didn't know any of them. <laughs> Martin Brundle, he walked up to several people and was like, who are you? Tell me why you're here. <laughs> Did you see the one which was like, I'm a media influencer or something. And he was yes. like, and modest too. <laughs> Okay, can we petition for Martin Brundle to no longer do the gridwalks? He himself tweeted that he doesn't enjoy them. I mean, I was just sat there like, this is actually a train wreck. Like, it was hysterical, but I felt like nobody should be going through that. (laughs) Tears and I were sitting there watching this gridwalk, both of us, just like, because the secondhand embarrassment got so bad. It was so painful. And everyone just ignores him and he just stands there and it's like, I relate to him that, trying but... to chase down Beckham. <sighs> it, oh, it, was it was painful. It was rough. It was, it was rough. just not. I will save you people the misery. Do not go back and watch that grid walk. Don't I watch prob- it. Not I mean, worth it's, it. It's literally trending everywhere. It's trending more than the race, honestly. Seriously. <laughs> oh my God. It is. No, I think thing is i spend way too much time on tumblr and not on twitter so on tumblr people were blogging about it at the time and then everyone oh. immediately was like okay this never happened no 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 on twitter i have so many videos of people being like this can't have happened on live television <laughs> like <laughs> it's not the first time he's like completely boggled no, I feel walk. like he usually gets one, though. He kind of got someone's name wrong. He, oh no, it was so bad. I felt bad for him, though, because he's going to be remembered for this. <laughs> like, in my head, anyways, it the good yeah. walk. No, I, 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 when they said that Martin was doing the track walk, I immediately had flashbacks to Austin last year and his debacle with Megan the Stallion. <gasps> <laughs> And I immediately was like, oh no. Oh my god, that was that people talked about people still talk about that. Yeah. One of the most iconic moments. Badly iconic. Infamous. Badly iconic. He didn't know who she was and she didn't want to talk to him. He knew who she was, but he was like, Are you gonna write a song about F1? And she was like, Oh yeah. (laughs) She I think she just was like, Who are you? (laughs) You're not Lewis. (laughs) Like No. Oh, oh also uh, an- another celebrity I forgot to mention. Carly Kloss was there and she posted some really fun Instagram stories. The first one, she's standing in front of Lewis's car and she's like, LFG, let's fucking go. And then the next <laughs> one, she's standing in front of the Red Bull and she's like, no. <laughs> she is us. I feel like yeah. all of them were there for Lewis. Everyone was wearing Mercedes caps, even though yeah. they were like back of the Pharrell. Pharrell was technically there with Ferrari and he was like, I like Charles, I love Ferraris, but Lewis yeah. is my brother. And I was like, I was like, yes, tell correct. them, tell them, speak king, speak. But um, yeah, because Martin was trying to get him to like too. badmouth yeah. Lewis. I was like, the shame on this guy. I mean, seriously, you're having such an 
embarrassing moment and it was just i think he just the williams sisters weren't they invited by red bull but then yes and then they they went to mercedes that is what i would do like hands down i have no shame like i would do that (laughs) i mean i can't really blame them the vibes in the mercedes garage would like Michelle Obama yeah I would I would be walking over there definitely I would also feel so much safer in the Mercedes yeah same Red Bull Bull has bad vibes bad vibes yeah so props they they made their decision they went with it people said Ryan Reynolds was there but I didn't see him at all I didn't see him so I don't know if that's just unsubstantiated claims and if I didn't see him then he wasn't there But um, I definitely didn't see him. <laughs> no. Um, and this is, uh, Amy and I are still reeling a little bit from Lewis's non-appearance at the Met Gala. We stayed up. We stayed up, okay? Like, half the night. I think the disappointment, the literal yep. disappointment I felt. I woke up the next morning. I was like, why did I do that? I would do it again mm-hmm. though. But like mm-hmm. we were up so late and every time we saw someone, we were like, it's Lewis, it's Lewis, he's coming. And then he put on his Instagram like pictures from the Met Gala when it had finished. I think he was trolling us. I do. I I, I think so too. I, I I I was blogging on Tumblr and I saw someone blogging <laughs> as well. And they were like, he's just sitting there. <laughs> with his silly little phone sipping his silly little tea while we're losing our silly little minds and I'm like yes <laughs> yes because he liked a picture of somebody who'd done like a really bad photoshop of him on the steps of the Met Gala and I was just yeah, thinking the, Malaysia guy, the photo from Malaysia of him on I the mean, stool he's sick in the head for doing that honestly <laughs> I was absolutely shattered I was like I was waiting and waiting and I saw this guy who I can't remember whose name was and I literally was so tired that I thought it was Lewis and everyone was telling me, oh Lewis, yeah, everyone was like, he's in a mask, he's there and I was thinking, those aren't his tattoos, like my man has got new tattoos, like that's not Lewis but in my head, like (laughs) that, in my head he was there, I can't can't cope with the trauma (laughs) but it was bad. It was deeply unfortunate. But I think um, if we're talking about the Met Gala, I might as well do the fashion segment early. Oh, please. Um, I, wow. 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 He didn't show up to the Met Gala, but he served this weekend. Oh, oh, oh. Like, I would, every time I went on my phone and you sent me, like, new photos, I was like, yes. The pink, okay, the pink one was not, like, I thought the pink one was really nice. But it was the, nice, but it was not comparable to the previous two days. <laughs> the pink one was very much giving me like Substan Met Gala vibes. Very and much. Then I, yeah. Friday, so I'll rank them from worst to best. The pink okay, one was go. nice, but like it's it's typical Lewis. Like he's continuing. She can the stay, but like we're stay. not we're not like fangirling. Then after that, I'm gonna put the Thursday outfit, which he was wearing a blue like. I, s- I hear you i hear you over hear blue you. blue pants but they were like bluish purple so depending on the light they look different colors yeah and under it he had like a he had a printed button up great great outfit love the outfit then friday and he was he was wearing this blue two-piece which essentially had a plunge down the chest where you could see like the compass tattoo that he has on his sternum gorgeous he looks so good 
And then on Saturday, man showed up fully no shirt underneath <laughs> his jacket and everyone was, lost their minds. It was just insane. Like, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if they say, like, next week, you can't do that. <laughs> you can't come to yeah. this. But um, who styles him? Like, is someone oh, doing this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who styles him. Okay, who's styling Law Roach. him? Law Roach. Law Roach. Okay, give the man more money. Yeah, Law <laughs> also styled him for the Met Gala last year. Like, he, him and Law are pretty good friends. And have been friends I loved it. Time. I thought it was Miami to a T. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Yeah, so he didn't show up to the Met Gala, but he gave us four separate really good Maybe that was his weekend. apology. Maybe he saw all the hate. <laughs> he was like, whoops. <laughs> Maybe who knows? He definitely wins. Um, uh, but he absolutely mm-hmm. wins. But I do have to give it to Guan Yu. Showed up wearing a really nice outfit as well. He had a green shirt and black pants, and just in general, Guan Yu like knows how to dress himself really well. And then Pierre and Yuki, they were wearing Alpha Tauri stuff, but it was good Alpha Tauri stuff. They looked really good. They were the the white shirts with like dark with like thick stripes running down them. Those look good as well. So, now that we're done with fashion, I'll get on to the actual <laughs> race and stuff that happened. First of all, Aston Martin, despite qualifying 10th and 13th, started from the pit lane. Is that because of the cold fuel? F- cold fuel, yeah. So what teams will do is on super, super hot days, they'll store fuel in like these coolers. But Aston Martin either forgot or like some of their systems didn't work. And their fuel was still cold by the time they needed to get to the grid. And cold fuel, I believe, gives you some kind of an advantage. I'm not sure what kind. Ooh. So the FIA actually has a regulation that your fuel can't be lower than a certain temperature. Aston Martin, rather than potentially then risking getting caught by the FIA and getting a penalty, they're like, you know what? We'll wait for our fuel to warm up and we'll start from the pit lane, I guess. <laughs> but it's so hot there. <laughs> it it's so hot there, so I'm guessing it warmed up fairly quickly. But they start from the pit lane. Yeah, yeah. So our actual starting grid was everyone mentioned previously, except um, Alonso moved up a spot, and then everyone below um, Danny, Danny and below moved up two spots. Yeah, so Stroll and Vettel started from the pit lane. Um, just... For reference, this weekend, it was 50 degrees inside the car. Okay, 50 degrees Celsius is 122 degrees Fahrenheit for all y'all that don't know the metric system. But how do you, like, withstand that? Because I've only been in, like, 30. Well, 50. I mean, yeah, 50 degrees Celsius. That's why they all had, like, cooling packs over them. Um because otherwise they just overheat. So they wear cooling packs over the fireproofs and under the race suit. Wow. Plus lots of liquids throughout the race. <clears throat> and uh, I think every single driver was doing like ice baths over the course of the weekend. So that's, it was one of the races where they lose up to like, I think Lewis has said that he loses up to five kilos of water weight in like when oh, he's racing so- in Singapore. Oh, like, so yeah, like Singapore, okay, yeah. Yeah, because they sweat so much, so that's, they can do it, it's just, it's rough. Um, but the race, uh, because this is a new track, there's 57 laps to the Miami GP, there's three DRS zones and 19 turns total. Um, the track itself was also 50 degrees, and the tire compounds that they were using this weekend were the C4, C3, and C2. 
Uh, and fun stat, uh, as of this weekend, Danny has equaled Mark Webber as the most experienced Australian F1 driver. So next weekend, he'll beat him. He'll beat him, yes. Yeah. Yep. On to the race itself. I, okay. So the start was fine. Nothing special. I was predicting a first lap incident, but nothing actually happened. We felt really sick. <laughs> I remember you saying that you felt sick on the first, like as they were coming up to the grid. Yeah, I, I had butterflies. I had I yeah. was getting butterflies prior to I mean, the race start. To be fair, Max did a really good start and kind of he had a good start. Yeah, Carlos. Yeah, sleeping. Yeah. Um, as for I have a page and a half worth of pitting stats because nothing <laughs> else interesting happened until lap forty. There were 40 laps of essentially nothing. Um, we had a couple of overtakes yeah. here and there, but like Lewis went from, he started P6, went down to P8, got back up to P6. And that was really it. Oh, um, between those 40 laps, Checo had a momentary loss of power. Yeah. Which prevented him from passing Carlos. Um. Oh, and you you said that I need to mention this. We finally got the return of the striking distance graphic. <laughs> it made me laugh so much because it was such a boring race. I was thinking, is this all we, we are focusing on, like, graphics? <laughs> and then all this stuff happened around it. Like, this is going to be the best Grand Prix ever, you know, like, it's be dramatic. centuries to come. People will talk about the first ever Miami Grand Prix. All these celebrities. And then the lights went out and it was just like, bleh. Yeah. It was just like, make it end. <laughs> but, there was um, nothing interesting yeah. happening. I was I was sitting. Tears and I were both on our phones. Just like, what what else is going on in the yeah. World Wide Web? Because there was nothing to watch, essentially. I don't know if it was because the DRS zones weren't, long enough or the cars were just too equal i don't don't know know. honestly i haven't been able to i haven't read enough since yesterday to find a proper reason i think but they thought it was going to be much like harder on the tires and they thought it was going to be like crazy pit stops loads of safety cars but just kind of didn't really materialize. I think everyone expected a safety car within the first yeah. five laps and for it to mix yeah. up the order a lot. But then it was a clean start. Everyone got away just fine. And we essentially had just back and forth kind of regular overtakes for 45 minutes. I mean, maybe everyone was really careful in the start because they'd never started yeah. there before. <laughs> so- I mean, both, both Crofty and Martin were like, oh yeah, this is a race to survive. Yeah, they were really bigging it up, like almost like Jeddah or something yeah. like really perilous. Though, um, because it is still a street course, a lot of the drivers were saying that it does, it's super tight and there it is very mistake prone. There are like certain corners that have been called mistake generators. But everyone's so hyper aware of it clearly that there was just an extra layer of caution going into everything. I don't know. There was also like, I think Martin was talking about how when you try and overtake, you're going to be off the side of the track that has grip. But again, that didn't really seem to be too much of an issue. It only was an issue in the sense that it just made overtaking more difficult. And that's it. I mean, I feel like Charles could maybe have defended a 
bit more. But yeah. I think the, the straight line speed of the Red Bull was just ferocious. Like No, they are... Plus, the Red Bull is designed to be a lower downforce car. Okay. So, and Miami is a lower downforce circuit. Oh, okay. So it just, it just fits the car better than it okay, does the Ferrari. Okay. Because, yeah, Max was just... A beast. Did nothing. Tirza said something during the race that I wrote down that was very funny. Uh, there was a point where people were like, Oh, is it gonna rain? Is it gonna rain? And they showed a shot of Christian Horner looking up at the sky, clearly with like this worried expression. And Tirza, I have to quote them, said, Be worried, you unpleasant shell of a man. <laughs> Boring spice. <laughs> no, because um, who took the photo? It must be you took the photo of um, mm. them, like, at the end of the race, which I thought was so funny. Uh, like, just looking completely bored out of yeah. their mind. Like, completely, yeah. like, done with the whole race. Yeah. No, <laughs> but- I, it's it's me. I have a photo of Tirza sitting on, on our couch um, giving the TV a birdie. <laughs> because of the outcome of the race it made me laugh that and the graphics thing honestly i was just sat there like in the dark chuckling i was like that is so funny <laughs> that has made my night and the cool down room that those oh, the cool down. we'll get to there but as for everything that happened after lap 40 um gasly and alonso had contact on lap 40 but that didn't really go anywhere um pierre was complaining about damage afterwards didn't um, um, Alonso also touch Lewis or something? There was yeah, he did. He he did get he did get the relevant penalties for all that though. So okay, fair. Um, Pierre on the next lap went because he went off as a result of the contact with Alonso. He was like the car wasn't working as it should. Um, he went off. Lando was getting past him, and Pierre just kind of smacked into Lando's rear tire. Lando goes spinning, loses a wheel, and that was the end of Lando's race. Um, we got a VSC for a few laps, and the safety car actually came out. Then everyone started pitting to get like either softs or mediums, and it was it was like very, very chaotic. A lot of pit lane action happening. Um, Alonso got his five second penalty for tapping Pierre. My initial question, because I wrote it down here, was why didn't Merck double stack? Because they brought in. Jordan I was going to say this. Why? Um, because even when they had, if they had, Lewis would have definitely ended up behind George, but he also could have ended up behind Alonso. Wow. Okay. So he would have lost a lot of places. He was. He would have lost two places. But my my main issue with Mercedes and their strategy this week. Um, like George, George predicting the safety car, George predicting the safety car and being like, oh yeah, we'll just wait. We'll just wait it out. Was great. Good for George. He, 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 I think I, unfortunately I have a suspicion Lando would have gone over after rewatching the race and been like, did you manifest that shit? (laughs) (laughs) Literally the luck on this man. I'm sorry. He's got very lucky. He's gotten very lucky, but but George essentially predicted the safety car and was able to take advantage of it. Um, Lewis, however, Bono coming onto the radio and being like, what do you want to do? I was like, mate, Bono, is this not your job? This is not a leave it to me, Bono. 
please <laughs> don't yeah, leave no, it to it's me. Definitely not leave it to me, Bono. It's give me the right information, Bono, <laughs> and then please. maybe I can help you make the decision. I because I last that. year they left a lot of this decision making to Lewis, rightly so, because he was much more in, in a different situation. Yes. He was in contention for the championship actively. Well, yeah, like when you're in a fast one of the fastest cars, you can kind of do different strategies, but when you're not yeah. in the fastest car, you need the best strategy. <laughs> but, you need the best strategy, period. And Merck yeah. trying to leave their strategy to Lewis just because they used to do that last year. Sorry, that's not the way it's supposed to work this year. You've got a It's not cool, man. Happening. It's not cool. It stressed me no. out. Stressed Lewis out. And if they were going to pit him, they had to pit him that first lap. And the time just went to pit him. Um, I mean... What else could they have done at the start? Put him on softs? They were planning on putting him on softs. The Merc pit crew came out twice with soft tires. I think they're just really confused about the car, about all of it. Um, it was a bit of a horrible moment when... I know I like George a lot, but when he passed Lewis, I was thinking, all that hard work. But George did hard work too. I guess you make your own luck. But... I don't know what to do about that team, honestly. I think they just need a massive upgrade and they need a massive better pit stop. And I think people are actually calling for like James Bowles to resign. I'm not quite sure about his... I'm trying to think of a strategy that was a masterclass, but maybe that's unfair because they had so the last, many good races. But The last time I remember Mercedes actively winning as a result of strategy was... Turkey? What was the race that Horner called Hungary all over again? Oh. Oh. Not France. It was the one before. Barcelona, maybe? Barcelona. It was like a Spain. Was it Barcelona? Yeah. yeah, when they like pitted really well and they came yeah, out. Yeah, because Mercedes, what they have done, well, first of all, Mercedes, while their pit stops aren't, aren't like anything special, they do know how to double stack. That is definitely an advantage of Mercedes. They're very good at that. Mm. Uh, Save for secure 2020. Um, <laughs> don't it's too soon <laughs> too soon but the other thing Mercedes do very well is if they decide to do a three lap three like three stop race rather than a two stop race they have been able to make that decision when it counts mm. we have Hungary I think that's 2020 and then I think I might be wrong uh, Barcelona 2021 also maybe the Russian one with the rain when they were also to- yeah beat lando that was good but those but those are the only actual instances of like actively good strategy that i can nail red bull i can name a lot more situations i think i think red bull very um, aggressive with their strategy mm. and it often pays off it very often pays off mercedes are very conservative i think they were even conservative last year in that massive Mm. championship battle blah 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 of the ages um they were still super conservative and i feel like what have you got to lose now but i don't know i think merc and their strat department although i'm not a strategist and i do not claim to even have the knowledge appropriate of one i think they need to kick up the ass like seriously i think they just need to like i think there's a quote like take your head out of the tent but I don't think that's the quote but like what I'm trying to say is kind of not always look at the data 
and like sometimes look at what's happening I think they're very data obsessed but sometimes it's more like you need data and a little bit of like human thinking and maybe they're a bit slower but I still love Bono I still love them all but we need aggression guys we need if we're gonna have any chance of winning a race then we need like Mm. really aggressive strategy yep but I had after all the safety car and the pitting and all that um Pierre actually ended up retiring after that um Kevin and Lance had contact the lap after Pierre retired which was lap 47 which was came out of a really weird place um yeah Valtteri went wide on lap 49 yeah, and both that was George odd. and Lewis got past him that was an odd moment as well I think he just got distracted honestly I think he was checking his mirrors for like mm. George and Lewis and missed the apex or something but it was sort of like Nyum! Yeah, <laughs> I was like yes he's passing him finally it's only taken like 50 yeah. laps but um, mm. no no and then the one of the few very interesting battles that actually happened on track, Carlos and Checo, which Carlos is defending as soon as Checo like went off track and Carlos sped off into the distance. I was like, that's sexy. That was great. It was very much appreciated that. But Checo braked so late. Like honestly, I thought he was gonna go off the track. Yeah. I was like, what's he, he kept doing? It though. He did very well. Uh, Yep, and then we had a moment where everyone's heart broke. Which moment? There were several of those. The last <laughs> of all the moments where everyone experienced uh, a little bit of heartbreak. Mick. Mick and Seb. It was really painful. It was, it was strangely very painful. painful. I felt that even after the race, it still hurt. still hurts Mick now. Was, I don't know <laughs> if anyone heard Mick's radio after that incident happened. He sounded like he was about to cry. He was like, no, oh, he was like, no, it was obviously my corner or something. It's obviously like my corner. And I was like, <laughs> honey. <laughs> and then Martin Brundle was like, this is why you can't be friends with other Formula One drivers. I was like, chill. Um, well, okay. I also, once again, am bringing up the issue of the fact that everyone, for some reason, has this need to call Seb like a paternal figure. To Mick, <laughs> I know. has Mick has a father, guys. It's terrible. Um, I think they mean like role model, but I guess he mentor, already has a role sure. model. Mentor, mentor, mentor. Yeah, mentor, mentor. is a great word. Mentor. But he's not a paternal <laughs> figure. Absolutely not. No, I think he'd be very insulted. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, I think, I think he really they respect each other. Hmm. And the two of them are also much closer in age than um, Seb and Michael ever were. I think people seem to think that he's like 40 years older. He's like not that much older. 32, 33? (laughs) He's like getting roasted on the daily. Every single Sky presenter is like, you're such a paternal figure. It's like, he's like, yeah, man. Yes, Seb has kids of his own, but one of those children is not Mick. You know? I don't think Mick wants that. Mick has a dad, no. as you said. Mick but it was terrible. And I don't think it was Mick's corner. I don't really know. I don't know. But I looked at the decision documents afterward and neither of them got any penalties. So I think both of them went to the stewards and were like, oops, 
besties do stuff like that sometimes it happens <laughs> it happens <laughs> i think it was just ruled as a racing incident and that okay, was that yeah. that's good i hope so, it isn't i hope the media don't try and do anything with it i don't think they will because seb in press afterwards was like oh yeah i've been trying to find mick oh i saw that was so sweet i was so, teary up i was like this is very heartfelt both of them were looking for each other and then ended up running into each other afterwards so i think at some point or they like went to the stewards and like talked before they went into the stewards meeting anyways they sorted it out from what i understand so i don't think the media is going to be conflating that anytime soon um yeah and that's essentially the race ended three laps later charles tried to overtake max but no luck so our final race order was max charles carlos checo george lewis valtteri uh esteban alonso this is this is without penalties applied by the way this is without penalties applied uh alonso albon Danny, Lance, Yuki, Latifi, Mick. And then we had DNFs of Kevin, Seb, Pierre, Lando, and Guan Yu. Guan Yu retired like a lap in because he had technical Oh, yeah, issues. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm with, I'm with you. With the penalties applied, Danny got a five-second penalty for... Uh, what? Leaving the track and gaining when? an advantage. Really? I forget who he was racing against. I think he was against Pierre. I'm not entirely certain. I don't remember this. I must have blanked it. But Danny got five seconds. Alonso got ten seconds total, and Kevin got five seconds. But Kevin's five seconds didn't really count because he DNF. Um. So with the penalties applied, we've got. Let me just make sure I have this entirely, entirely correct. I'm gonna go to the decision documents page because they have the final race. Final race classification. Okay, cool. We've got Max, Charles, Carlos, Checo, George, Lewis, Valtteri, Esteban. Alex jumps up to P9. Lance jumps up to P10. Alonso falls to P11. Then Yuki, Danny falls to P13. Then Nick Latifi. Then Mick. Um, oh, and Kevin and Seb actually got classified. But they're still as, they're still like DNF. So I don't. They like that's that's essentially it. Okay. Okay. Um. But yeah. So technically, the last finishing car was was Mick, and he was fifteenth. Okay. We had a quarter of the cars by the end of the race. <laughs> yep. Um. We actually also got a bunch of penalty points handed out. Danny got a penalty point. Alonso got three penalty points over the course of this weekend, and Kevin got a got two penalty points for his incident. With was that the Lance. weaving? Oh, okay. okay no, that yeah. was separate. Separate. Lance got a black and white flag, but he didn't get any penalty points. And that's the end of the race. Um, now let's talk about whatever the hell that debacle was with the police cars and Max getting taken to the podium. I never want to see that again. Can we also talk about the wrongly named cool down room? Because I was <laughs> anything but cool. Amy, I'm sorry, Amy. but I was literally like, "What is going on?" Well, I was stumbling on something a little bit not PG, but uh, I don't think they know that they're being filmed. I don't. They think didn't they know initially when they the camera guy walked in at first. When they when the camera guy walked okay. in at first, Charles and he Carlos was like really oblivious. <laughs> and then Charles, I don't know if it was Charles or if it was like Carlos's physio who was like, "Carlos, maybe you should put a shirt on." 
<laughs> and then Carlos's response was like, they can just not film me. Yeah, I mean, I kind of feel him. He's just been in like 50 degrees. <laughs> also, Carlos's drink didn't work. Really? Yep. Wow. Okay, that's impressive. So he was extra uh, out of it after that race. There was that, and then there was that weird truck, and then there was Christian Horner and his wife running down a weird, dimly lit street, which I think they was were a running of- through the stadium to get to the podium because the podium was, was on the opposite side of the stadium. Very strange. And um, it was like a fever dream. <laughs> the entire weekend felt like a fever dream. Ted sitting with mermaids. <laughs> and the elevator did you send me that elevator oh my god the He's escalator like down. Down. sorry Tirza you were saying the whole Ted's notebook thing <laughs> honestly felt like a drug trip or a fever <laughs> dream or both it did it did uh, we were sitting there appalled watching Ted run down an upgoing escalator it was I was so wrong there and I was I was I remember looking to Polina and be like is this is this happening? Is this real? Is this real? That's so funny. <laughs> Are we drunk? But like, and then, and then, on top of that, we had Ted chilling with mermaids before the race start, just yes. sitting there with with the mermaid. Bubbles the mermaid. Bubbles the mermaid. There was something. Someone was swimming or something. Oh yeah, yeah. Swim. Craig Slater, who's one of their one of the announcers for uh, for one of me, was lying down in the marina on Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> I bet he regrets that. I bet he regrets it. It's but, become um, a meme now. It's such a meme. And um, it should be. Such is the natural order of things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> the whole thing was just insane. The amount of people was insane. The amount of people they let into the paddock as well was... Yeah. I felt the inappropriate whole, almost. The whole track walk just felt, it felt like wrong. it was Ooh, a I like that thing outfit. to happen. Yeah, we talked about the track walk already. We spent like 10 minutes on it being like, what the fuck happened there? We had to talk through it, you know? Yeah. The the cool down, the not cool down room, as Amy is now affectionately calling I'm it. I'm so sorry. That was so bad of me. <laughs> Shameless. Um, yeah, that was a little bit unnecessary. <laughs> but Carlos, I, I, I completely understand why he was sitting there trying to cool off properly. I mean... Yeah, his hair. He has great hair. I have to give it to him. He has wonderful. He has great hair. He has great hair. He has amazing hair. If anyone, I would. If anyone pay comes money close to him with a pair hair. of scissors, this is a threat. It's on sight. It is on sight. Like the guy who did Lando's hair. I don't want him near. Him. No, absolutely not. In the same vicinity. Yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> no. I Carlos c- cannot. No. I mean. Yeah, that was essentially it. Um, as for media after the race, we had Lewis calling out his strategy department, which mm-hmm. you know what I I understand why. Um, and Definitely. then that was really it. There was nothing else after the race. It was yeah, just, uh, on to Spain, on to Barcelona. But we have uh, Formula E is racing in Berlin next weekend, which is always fun. So if anyone hasn't seen Formula E, that is actually the perfect time to tune in. I bet you it's going to be a great time. But we can at this point move on to uh, your fantastic segment, Amy. Who's your driver of driver of the day? Well, I wanted to say Max, but I was kind of bullied and then pointed to the correct direction, um, which was <laughs> Esteban Ocon. 
<laughs> no, no, I do agree with you. I, I mean, I thought Max did a great race. Like, it hurts to say it, but he was pretty faultless. But um, Esteban did amazing. I didn't even realize how many places he'd moved up. He was like, I don't know, silent assassin. I don't even know. Yeah, a little but, bit. The fact yeah. that, like, Sky didn't even follow. I don't think they showed a single one of his overtakes. Literally. I didn't see any of it. That's why I didn't know he moved up. I was very confused when you said him. But it's got to be Esteban Ocon. I think he might have had the most nominations by me by this point. I've said him quite a few times. I think so. You've mentioned him quite a few times. Have you been keeping track? Yes. Definitely. Yeah. I've got a spreadsheet. Absolutely. <laughs> It's all right. in the spreadsheet. <laughs> no, I actually am um, going to do that. We don't have any conspiracy theories this week because Lena usually does her conspiracy theories. So we'll skip that for this week. But I think we're going to have a long enough episode anyways. Um, fashion, we've already done. We have already discussed fashion because we started talking about the Met Gala and got carried away. But yeah, we've already <laughs> covered fashion. And I guess all that leaves is memes. Did we clock any good memes? I was trying to think. Though that picture that you sent of Pierre, I know it was a, you wanted a sticker, but there was one of oh. your like, <laughs> Yes! <laughs> that was really good too. Okay, like someone, okay, for context, what this picture of Pierre is, someone on Tumblr took photos during the Miami launch party that happened Wednesday? Yes. It was Wednesday. With the big stage in the hard rock. They had like a big stage. They brought up all the drivers, the team principals, and they were like doing like this grand opening party of the Miami weekend. And someone took screenshots of certain moments of this party and compiled them and said, uh, Miami opening grand party, but it's all the F1 drivers dissociating. It was so funny. Like, so funny. But yeah. Uh, then we can do news and updates. Any, any, any news besides the rumors that we've discussed? I don't think so. I don't think anything new has really come out. Um, but yeah, I think that concludes Miami. Yes. Do we have any, any, any final comments? I'm not sure about it, to be honest. My main takeaway from this weekend, uh... More races in America is not necessarily a good thing. Yeah. I didn't... I feel like the promise was there and then the lights went out and nothing happened. <laughs> it was just... I saw someone who, who compared it... Um, They made an analogy like, Monaco is old money F1. Mm-hmm. It's true. Miami feels like new money F1, but in the worst way possible. I felt that. I felt that. Like, yeah. absolutely in the worst way possible. So, it just, it was so tacky. It was it so was Americanized. It felt so surface level. I feel like as long as they don't get rid of any of the races for it, I can deal with it. But if I could, change I, I could, it. I, 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 could, I could handle getting rid of a couple from you. I, I mean, honest. like, I meant like, the, like, I don't know. Spain but they can't scrap France. Monaco. If they scrap, if they scrap Monaco, oh no! Mm, like I understand racing there is getting more and more difficult, but I honestly would be down for Monaco to just be more of a qualifying format based thing. Yeah, because qualifying there is so much fun. 
I agree. I feel like sometimes they just get, it will take a few years for the track to get like the DRS zones right. And, but yeah, the whole spectacle was insane. Like literally insane. <laughs> but I feel like I hope that Spain is a bit more like overtakey, if that's a mm. word. A little bit more action. Not yeah. in the sense of safety cars, because safety cars no. don't bring good action. You can't, no, trauma. You can't, no. No. Just like just proper battles. Like racing strategy, overtakes. Because, like, the whole thing with this new era of F1 is that they're trying to promote more overtaking, more interesting races. And they brought in Miami, and it was literally so boring. So dull. And the cars can follow better but they can't seem to pass that much better without the drs like and a lot extra speed so let's see i guess i hopefully they can be more competitive hopefully ferrari bring upgrades please mm-hmm. <laughs> ferrari need more straight line speed definitely they, they really need more straight line speed oh also alex is keeping the red hair i know i saw that I love Which, that. Which, for anyone who's missed it, Alex Albon dyed his hair before Australia, decided that it was, it, he got points in Australia, and then it faded for Imola, and he didn't get points in Imola. So he's decided that it is now his good luck charm, and he dyed it even more red, and he got P9. So I think they're... Apparently he had like a bet with everyone that they'd yes. also dye their hair if they got in the points, but then they changed it and said, oh no, only if you win or something crazy oh no so, all the engineers like started backtracking on it like, yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, never said that no not me <laughs> but not um, us ask me um he looks good with it i like it mm, he looks great Jason. apparently though his balaclava when he took it off was like completely covered with <laughs> red <laughs> oh no oh no no, no been there no. absolutely been there it looks <laughs> like someone's bled out if you, if you ever dye your hair red <laughs> Okay, but like unfortunate. I mean, you were doing that on Sunday, Sunday, Saturday. Yeah, we 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 Sunday, Sunday. Yeah. God, that was yesterday. No, if if you if yeah, it was yesterday. But like, I have for our viewers, I have pink in my hair. It looks it so good. It used to be. It used to be. Let me find like something like the right shade of red, like it because it used. No, to I think be- I saw on your Instagram. Not that I was stalking yeah, you. This a- sounds a bit stalkery, but Hello. I did see on your Instagram, <laughs> on your Instagram that it was very, like, colorful. But yeah, I think long story short, Miami wasn't that enjoyable. No, I wasn't like encapsulated it. by it. Encapsulated. No, I spent the first Big forty word. laps sitting there thinking, "Oh, why the hell are we here?" It felt a bit like. It's monotonous a word. Mm. Yeah. But a bit like, like... I, 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 these are the moments where I understand people's criticisms of are like, oh, but it's just cars going in circles. That's like, the thing. Yeah, this That's... one really was just cars going in yeah, circles. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's like if you tuned in for the first time for the first ever Miami Grand Prix, you'd be really put off. <laughs> yeah. Like that's that's also actually a really good point. I mean, the whole thing in Miami was promoting it to in an the American US. audience. Yeah. To a new American audience. Yeah. If would it put me off? I would be like, hell no. Yeah. <laughs> so mm. let's hope that Spain is like really tasty. Yeah, it was spicy. So. But I, it was really just a failed experiment, I think Miami was. But yeah. we have a contract for ten years with this race. Really? Ten years? Mm-hmm. Ten years. I'll be- 
Like nearly 30. So, <laughs> I will be 30. Oh um, my goodness. So let's just hope that they uh, change the chicane before the last corners um, because that was significantly slowing down the track and it was also have very mistake prone. We had several cars like tapping the wall at the end of that chicane. Yeah. Maybe a bit not, more Not DRS, a great time. But yeah. Maybe a bit more DRS. I don't know. Or longer DRS. Um, hmm. I think Miami was really only interesting for everything that happened off track. Yeah, it, it was good entertainment in the worst way. I think you said that. But, yeah. Um, it wasn't like, I'm going to remember this Grand Prix. Even though it was no. very funny, I still wouldn't I, remember honestly, it. Honestly, when we do our, like end of the year recap i don't think it's gonna even make it into like the top 10 if one of us puts the miami grand prix it's been a pretty bad year (laughs) like what was yeah (laughs) i'm um i hope not maybe maybe it's number one (laughs) yeah amy we've had better races already (laughs) yeah we have what would be your number one right now bahrain so far bahrain oh yeah lewis got yeah yeah no questions asked easy Double Red Bull DNF as well. It was one of the highlights of my life, I think. <laughs> I think. <laughs> Genuinely, that moment when they uh, went past. But um, I just had someone tell me today that they're going to share this with our F1, F1 watching friends. And I was ready to be like, mm, maybe don't. Because that person don't. was Dutch. And I was like, and maybe I don't. <laughs> <laughs> we are not very Red Bull friendly here, unfortunately. No, but- I do think Max is a good... I tried to give him driver of the day, people. You know, I was bullied. I was harassed. I was um, put I down have receipts for... that will prove that you were not bullied. Oh, no. <laughs> no, we did like receipts. <laughs> no, no. But I do think he's a good driver. It's not really about Max. It's more about the team environment yeah. and what they did to Alex. Things will not be forgotten. And Pierre. And Pierre. I'm out for blood. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, yeah, Amy's a little more forgiving than I am, I think. Yeah, no, I just. I like the fact that they're aggressive with the strategy. I do think they are mm. an interesting team to watch in the worst way, like a kind of enemy I, figure. Do I you know what mean? truly think that if they were to replace Helmet and Christian Horner, I would have a much more peaceful relationship with I agree. Rebel. I agree. I just didn't like last year at all. And I'm still healing. <laughs> I'm a simple girl. Yeah. On that wonderful note of Miami <laughs> being unfortunate and looking forward to hopefully a better Barcelona, which Barcelona was good last year. So I don't remember it. <laughs> I don't remember any last year. It wasn't it wasn't like stellar, which is why I didn't make any of our top ten, but it wasn't like a bad race. Let's go. I want to see a good so, race. As far pumped. as I remember. So, yeah. Uh, we'll see you guys next week with a different episode because we don't have a race next weekend. But then the week after that, we'll be back to race recaps and we'll be talking about Barcelona then. And hopefully, Lena, Tears, yes. be with us. Lena and Tears. Well, Tears has. Uh, it would yeah, I mean, like, yeah, yeah. A couple times. Tears definitely will be properly recording with us. For Barcelona. It'd be really good. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, okay, finally now. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> On that note, we're going to leave it at that. If you guys have anything else to say about Miami, let us know because there is a bit of a Might debacle. be something. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe something. Yeah. But something we missed. Who knows? 
Um, again, if you have deferring opinions, also feel free to reach out to us. You can always find us at our email, our Twitter, our Instagram, or our Tumblr. All that information will be down below. Um, yeah, thank you for listening. That has thank been the you. Miami GP. Bye. All right. Bye.